Hey there, I'm Donnie Spano and this is the Faith for Today broadcast. I'm so thankful I welcome you and together let's go ahead and pray over this broadcast over the remainder for this week that we'll be helped of God to hear what He has for us, to lay a hold of His truth before our eyes, to hear what He has to say to us, and to be changed and to live uh, a higher level of living today by His help. So if you'll believe together with me, we'll ask of Him in prayer and receive this in Jesus' name. Father, we do come to You asking for the helping of Your Holy Spirit, that He would help us to know what to say, to know how to say it, and that we would be enabled to hear your words here well, Father. That your Bible, the Scriptures, would come forth alive to us, and we would see you in these, your words, like we never have before. Help us, Father, to uh, not just hear these and see them for a moment, but to make lasting changes by your glorious power and help that as we go out from here, we're not just hearers, but doers of these, your words. We believe we receive this, Father, and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we've been talking about uh, what is being led of the Holy Spirit, and this is one of the greatest things you and I could ever continuously grow in. I pray that when I'm in my hundreds and if the Lord tarries is coming, I'll still be preaching and teaching about how you and I can be led by the Holy Spirit. Because at that point in time, Lord willing, uh, I will still need to grow in it. I'll still need to learn more from Him. And uh, if th I think that's the case for every one of us. So let's take some time. Let's look at this. Let's start by looking in Romans, the 16th chapter. And this has been a verse that we've uh, utilized as a foundation for this topic in these days. And here in verse number 19, we'll look at verses 19 and 20. <clears throat> and it says here, Romans 16, 19, For your obedience is come abroad to all men. I'm glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise to that which is good, and simple concerning evil. So even though our obedience is actually made public and, and those around us are knowing that you know we are a people that's willing and obedient, we'll keep God's way, we could be a good example in that way, and yet even they were, and he said, I'm glad that that's the case. I'm glad that's the case in your behalf, but still, so it's very possible that we can be good witnesses in that way, good examples in that way, and people would say, yeah, they'll do what they're told. You know, you can trust them to get their job done. And yet he'd say, but hold on. I want to make sure that you're wise to what's good and that you're simple about what's wrong, about what's bad. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So part of our living victoriously, part of our having the enemy under our feet and being over him, he's always going to try and do something to get, to get one over on us, to get us to lose in some way. He'll come first to try and steal the Word of God from our life. And if he can steal the Word, he can rob us of every other good thing. And so that's how he comes. He comes to steal, and in the stealing, he will kill and destroy in our lives. And it's connected with us being wise to what's good, 
but very simple about what's bad. And that being the case, let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter, since we're there in Romans 16, and let's look at verse number 14 and build on this truth. Now, we've taken time to look at things in other ways, and I, there have been some good things we've seen about how to be led by the Spirit of God in these days, and I will not take credit for those things. I'm so thankful God has helped us to see it greater than we have and is continuing to do that by the help of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about how you and I can be simply led of Him and, and some of the things that get in the way. Some of the things that can get in the way are complications. It, to be simple about what's bad is, is very black and white. It comes down as simple as, is it a yes or a no? Is it... And for people, that's been too, too simple. That's not because there's more gray area than that for them. And, and what it's done is it's allowed weights in people's lives. It's allowed things that God would have had them just say no. But that was too simple, right? Simple about what? Simple about the wrong thing, right? It, it should have been simple as yes or no, but that was too simple. And the enemy was able to convince and complicate it and say, well, but you know this and you know that and you know, and what should have just been, yeah, we're supposed to be involved in that, got complicated. Or no, we shouldn't be a part of that, got complicated. And before I knew it, in and a part of a wrong thing. And there's a lot of good intentional things that you and I don't have to have any part in. In fact, God would not have us to be a part of it. And if we look at it just by our understanding, we'll wonder, well, why not? Why? It seems like a good thing. And we're not going to be qualified in this life to figure out all the reasons why not. When it comes down to it, if we're going to be led well by the Spirit of God, we're going to have to be okay with no, don't be a part of that. Or don't be a part of it in that way. Or yes, reach out to them. No, don't. Yes. And that's how simple it should be about, is this the wrong thing? That's how simple. But then we talked about what the wisdom of God is. We, we went to James 3, and I encourage you to look at that, because we looked at the difference between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. And when the wisdom of God comes, there's peace. There's purity. It's gentle. It's easy to be yielded to. And there's times where I've sensed that. We've seen something. We've endeavored to help people. And it was too... Help me, Lord. It seemed like they just didn't see it. There wasn't a light to it. Here it was to be a help. And I could tell they missed out on the help. And why? Because of dullness. You know, wisdom, it makes light. You know, God is always endeavoring to enlighten us, enlighten our understanding. And you'll find people all the time looking for an answer that's right in front of their face and wonder, why am I not, why am I not seeing it? Because you're not being wise to what the good way is. And we looked at what that is. In order for us to be wise about what's good, we have to actually set aside the worldly wisdom. And the worldly wisdom will strive and fight for the right way. It will. 
We've seen that in these days about political persuasions and about uh, opinions of men, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, going on and on. What is this? It's striving. Envious of what another person has or has. And where, where there is this strife, where there is this envy, the Bible tells us there's confusion and there's every evil work. And this is why it's so hard to be wise about what's good because it's in the midst of confusion. And if there's this mist of confusion, it makes it all too easy to make the wrong thing complicated and not see how simple it is that, yeah, that's actually okay. And no, I don't need to have any part with that. That's not okay. Even though how much it looks like it could be, no. And so our being led of the Spirit of God will help us it will be in this environment of being wise to what's good and what is God and being simple to what is wrong. And the enemy is going to try and complicate this. Now, looking at Romans 8, this is a good foundation because there's so many I know I've come across that they're not confident that God will lead them. They're not confident of knowing God's voice. And I want to make it very simple because that's how it is biblically that's how it is with God personally is that he is a father looking to a child looking to make it as simple as needed for you and I to understand it and here in Romans 8 verse 14 excuse me we see that for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God they are the sons of God now, sons, this is male and female, so you could say they're the children of God. You and I, how hard is it for us to become a child of God? Scripturally, biblically, you can find this in Romans 10, that if we believe on Jesus, that if we believe that He took our sin, that He took it upon Himself, and that He put that to death, He took the crucifixion, and when He did, He took that sin, and He put that sin to death, and three days later, because he went down to the depths of hell for three days, he was in the belly of the earth. And yet that third day he rose from the dead. And when he rose, so did we to newness of life, being made new creatures after him. Hallelujah. And when we believe that in our heart and we confess him as Lord, we believe to that righteousness because when he became sin, he enabled us to become the righteousness or the very rightness of God, pure, unblemished. And we believe on that in our heart by faith. We trust it and we confess with our mouth. And there is power that's released by that belief and confession that it makes us a, a new creature, a new man, a new woman after God. And as soon as that takes place, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And there is this new birth. Now when a birth happens, it's not a long process. It, it can be hours in some women's experiences, but it's not supposed to go on for days. It's not supposed to go on for months or years. The new birth experience is a short experience. And you and I, as soon as we make that determination, open up our heart and receive Him and speak and publicly declare Him, there is this receiving of Him, the Holy Spirit, 
God's Spirit who is the Spirit of love inside of us and His initial, hallelujah, qualifying ability enables us to be led by the Spirit of God. This is children three or four years old having received God. They can receive God at this young age and they can know things spiritually, discern things that people that even could have known God for many, many years have gotten dull and undiscerning and are missing. I've heard of other experiences where there were children that knew a plane was going to crash and yet they're realizing their parents are going on it. Why is it that they can be discerning when the other not? It's not by experience, it's by the Holy Spirit. And His wonderful helping, it is this powerful ability to bring wisdom across to you and I that we can see and know what is beyond our experience, what is beyond our understanding and ability. And it's for every person that is a child of God. He's not making it complicated. He's making it one of the most simplest things in the earth that you and I can know His Spirit and be led of His Spirit. Hallelujah. Now let's continue in this because this is going to give some light as to why it's been a hindrance in the lives of some. And in verse number 15 we see this. Same chapter, Romans 8, 15. And it says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You haven't received the spirit of fear. Notice it says that spirit of bondage. The tactic of the enemy is to have us bound, afraid to reach out, afraid to step out, afraid to be led. This fear will bind. It will hinder. And it goes on and says, We've not received that spirit of bondage to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You could say, I have a father. Um, I'll read this in the Amplified Classic for a moment. It said, <clears throat> Thank you, Father. You have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship. Notice adoption is not earned. Adoption is a gracious act that one has chosen you. They've looked upon you there may have been others. They have chosen you. You did nothing to deserve this adoption. You were simply beloved. They looked upon you with love. They received you to themselves. And this is what God does. We are born out of love. We're not born out of love to be led into fear. So you'll find this. People will say, People are actually afraid to serve God, love God, talk with God because they think God is in that thunderbolt that wants to strike them down. They think God's in that hurricane. They, they hear people talk about acts of God and they're talking about that tsunami that came through. That's never been God, nor will it ever be God. And so if you and I are going through with that uh, wrong idea of God being, then we're going to think that the fear and the pressure, the manipulation and the control that God will make you do it, that this is the leading of the Holy Spirit. It is not. 
It is not. It cannot be. And I've heard people that I know they really love God. I know there's just a misunderstanding. But they will in all seriousness look upon us and say, God is sovereign. And if He wants you to do something, He will make you do it. No, He won't. No, He won't. No, love will, con- will endeavor all the time to lead us. You know, Jesus is our shepherd. A shepherd does not beat and enforce sheep. A shepherd calls. Call us by name. And when you and I are faithful, we'll follow. We'll hear His voice, knowing that this shepherd loves me and will lead me. He won't beat me and enforce me. And I'll enter in and I'll follow after Him. This is very simple. We can know His voice. And so it tells us that we're not, we've received this spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And in the 16th verse it says, The Spirit, it says itself, you could say Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. So we've not received the spirit of fear. Which means that one of the biggest things that will get in the way of you and I being led of the Spirit of God is the spirit of fear. And it will go by other names. It will go by anxiety. It'll go by stress. It'll go by, you know, I'm just a little worried. I'm just worried about you guys. And people have actually used some of those terms and said, it's because I love you. I care about you. I'm... And what they're sensing is that they are full of care and it's an act of love, but in actuality, the fullness of care is yielding to fear. And if I love you, then I have actually left the spirit of fear. I can't be full of fear and full of faith. See, faith works by love. If I am being led of love, I'm going in a way that's faithful, which means I will fear less. But if I'm fearful, then I'm faithless, not trusting God and not helpful to you. It's a wrong place for me to be. So let's go to another verse. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Thank you, Lord. 1 John 4.18 Hallelujah. If fear is allowed, faith is disavowed. That word disavow, it means to deny responsibility. It means to deny or lack support. So if if I allow fear in my life, then my faith is lacking support and it's being denied its place. 1 John Thank you, Lord. 1 John 4, verse 18 And here we see, there is no fear. Say that 
to yourself. Say that out loud. There is no fear. And continue and say this. In love. There is no fear. In love. So me being careful for you. I've left love. Me being anxious. Me being worried. Right? It's not because I love you. I would have left love. Now let's go back to the verse. Thank you, Lord. But perfect love casts out fear, throws fear out. Let me read this to you in the Amplified Classic for a moment. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, or perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment, and so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. It goes on and says, We love him because he first loved us. Thank you, Lord. We can all mature in this love. Some will say, well, see, that's God's love. There's no way I can love like God. Well, either God's a liar or we would be thinking that thing and saying that. Because God said we can love like Him. He's, he actually said here, we love because He first loved us. We love Him with His love that He's committed to us. And He has enabled us. He's empowered us. We have power by His Spirit to live in this way. And, yes sir, when that thought comes to be worried about them, anxious, start seeing ourselves getting a little upset, frustrated about this, and it's weighing hard on our mind. Fear is spirit, and it could be spoken to. We'll, I think, look at this more. Go with me in this other verse to 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. And we'll build on this, that, that spirit, excuse me, that fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. And here in verse 7... 2 Timothy 1.7 Thank you, Lord. It says, For God has not given us the what? Say this with me. The spirit of fear. He has not given us that kind of spirit. But what has He done? He has given us, you could say, the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. If my mind is not sound, if it's not clear and all these things are bothering me, why? Why? Because I have let fear, the spirit of fear, have some place. If I'm not of sound mind, the spirit of fear has been yielded to. But in a moment's time, I can say, no, fear, I, I don't want you. And you must go in the name of Jesus. Because I have been given of God. I've seen it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has given me the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. 
which means I don't have to have that carefulness. I don't have to be stressed out about this. I don't have to fear it. I don't have to fear the death. I don't have to fear the poverty. I don't have to fear the sickness. I don't have to fear my children being taken from me. No, no, I have this power and this spirit of love and I will have soundness of mind. I will sleep sweet. I won't lose a bit. Hallelujah. And this is key to being led of the Spirit of God. Some have been so, yes sir, distraught and so worn out. They haven't slept well at all. Because day after day, night after night, this is weighing on their mind. And the spirit of fear has been allowed. And it has bound. Go with me. Yes, sir. I don't know that we're ready for that one yet. Uh, yes, sir. Hallelujah. Go with me um, to Hebrews 2. You go to Hebrews 2 there that are watching. Hebrews 2 verses 14 and 15. And then we're going to put up on the screen Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11 verses 2 and 3. And this in Isaiah 11, again, you're going to Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. And we'll be right there. We're going to go to Isaiah 11, 2 and 3 and let you see this. And here we find <clears throat> what is spoken of, of, hallelujah, the Spirit of the Lord. It says in verse 2, it talks about how there would be um, a shoot out of the stock of Jesse, out of David's father, a branch out of his root shall grow and bear fruit. It said, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Does that sound like Jesus to you? The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might. Hallelujah. I like, you know, we were reminded today about how Jesus is both uh, the wisdom of God and the power of God. You find that here. The Spirit of God on him made him wise and of great understanding, but it also gave him this spirit of counsel and of might. There was strength in it. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now this fear of the Lord, he reverenced God. He respected God. He loved God. And it went on and said, And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord we will have to make a choice what we fear. And if we choose reverence, which is to fear God, then we'll, we'll put ourselves in a place of worship of Him. But if we don't make that choice, we will worship something else. And Satan is an enemy of our souls. He will give us some problems that we can spend all our time looking at, spend all of our time thinking about, and not realizing it if we give it all of our time, all of our energy, a lot of times all of our resources, spending all your money on it. What has happened? This has been worshipped. And Satan has gotten people because it's weighed so heavily upon them, because they're so afraid of it, to worship the problem. And the only way 
to get out of the problem is to shift and to worship the only one who's due is worthy of that worship. And if we would reverence God, worship Him, give Him our time, give Him our energy, spend time fellowshipping with Him, then we would have the answer and the enemy would be under our feet. We would be wise to what's good and we'd be very simple about what's wrong. Now go with me. You're there. I'll catch up with you. Hebrews 2, we'll put it up there as well. Hebrews 2, this should be in closing. Verses 14 and 15. Thank you, Lord. And Hebrews 2, in verse 14, says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Well, who destroyed him, that is, the devil, that had the power of death? Jesus did. Hallelujah. He did it. When he took that cross, when he was crucified, he put to death, hallelujah, sin and the power thereof. And in so doing, now this scripture is telling us that Satan has power. And that power is in death. There's power in this death. It's the power that Satan uses. But continue with me in the 15th verse. When Jesus, hallelujah, destroyed him. Now if Satan has power in death but he's destroyed, that power of death has no place in our lives. No, because he's destroyed. That's a truth that you have to bring up to him time and time again. He's nothing. He's zero. He's a destroyed one. And it doesn't matter what power he's had. When he's a nothing, it's no power over us. And in the 15th verse it says, And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. All their lifetime. It says in the Amplified Classic, and also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. It is possible for an individual to go through their whole life bound by fear never willing to step forth for God, never willing to do what He has ordained for them. There is a perfect will of God, and the only way you and I will find it and do it is if we put fear in its place and we're wise to what's good so that we can see that way. Because God will allow us to live in His permissible will. He will permit us to do things. You and I want to live that way our whole life? He will let us. But if we're wise to what's good, we'll see there's a better way. And if we're simple about what's wrong, we'll put that junk in its place. Fear being a predominant factor of it, we'll step on top of it in victorious faith. Hallelujah. And be led of God throughout the course of our lives. You want to make the enemy mad? Here it is, my friends. It's in this. Hallelujah. Let's finish this and then we'll, we'll uh, unhook for the time. 
it went on and said, For verily he took on him the nature of angels. Excuse me, he did not take on him the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham. It went on, on, it went on and said that he became a faithful high priest pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, for that in he himself, for in that he himself, he suffered being tempted. He's also able to succor, the Amplified Classic would say, um, he is able to run to the cry of, to assist, to relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. If you're in a hard time right now, Jesus has been there. He knows it and He's not left you. He is right there and He is helping you right now. By faith receive it and tell that spirit of fear, get out of here in Jesus' name. That's all for now, friends. We'll unhook here. We love you. We bless you. We will see you soon.